0: We are back in the Football Shed, your weekly football podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. G'day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And today we're in Roger's house. Roger's house. That's weird, isn't it? It's a new shed. Shed Mark 3.
1: Third
0: shed. Third shed. Yeah, okay. Shed the third. Do you remember the golf player? I can't Davis believe you're Lubbenford. calling my house a shed. Well, no, but this is the Football Shed, Roger. So wherever we, we bring the shed to the house. To the house, true. Um... Jeff, did you bring an exciting new beer for the exciting route to Rogers' house? Well, Jeff, I thought because
1: I'm not in my own house, I can't just drink what's in the fridge. Because I thought that might be a bit <laughs> yeah. cheeky. So then I thought, oh, okay, well, what does, Roger, what does Roger usually do? Roger usually just brings two beers because he's driving. Yep. So I was like, I'm going to buy two really big beers. So I bought the biggest beers I could find Asahi. <laughs> but then I realised on the back it says two standard drinks each beer.
0: So that's four standard drinks.
1: Which it wasn't my intention. I was just like, I need to make the most of only having two drinks. And I realized the naivety of my, of my Are you plan. driving? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I've still got to work this one out. Yeah. I'll tell you how it goes. Have a snack halfway through. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Roger, you were in your house and you didn't bring beer?
2: No. It's sold out. it's sold out in your house sold out so yeah i've got got some red wine tonight john oh nice did you get uh, aldi red wine uh no i we get wine delivered amongst uh, many that's uh, a bit wanky one of the many things we get delivered we get (laughs) wine delivered which is great because i don't have to think about it other than to say what i want and it appears okay good
0: i bought some aldi red wine great john delicious it's what i always have (laughs) um every week we start with a question but before we do that i'm just gonna do a bit of admin um if you want to get in contact ask us a question tell us we're wrong about something you can find us on facebook just search football shed or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com um also don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and of course tell your mates so more people can
1: hear us talk about football i nearly got run over by a milk float once that wasn't going to Silent be the question. Silent assassins, milk floats. They you are. Have they got are. Well, this you is don't hear the them d- coming. Well, that's the thing these days. You don't get milk floats, do you? It's not no, normal. you get electric cars. And yeah, And this yeah, is yeah, the okay. problem with electric cars. <laughs> you get they're, run over. Yeah, they're, they're adding so, noise to uh, When I was a kid, right, the milk float, the, obviously you get your milk delivered when you are a kid. Like, that was normal. Juice, I remember when juice was announced. Oh, you could get juice delivered. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I remember me and the kids from the village when the milk float came you used to go jump on it ride on it Do you ever do that no the, the milkman would just let us go up and down the street on the on the milk float and this isn't, didn't happen to you no now I look back that's strange like yeah. you could easily have died well actually I nearly did die I fell off the back and he reversed like <laughs> I, I just happened to be in between the wheels like the, the milk float went oh. over me oh wow and I was just lying there and this milk float so I'm just looking up it's like skimming my nose how old like, were you Oh, kids, like yeah, five, six? So he, Why uh, is my mum letting me go out on milk floats? Actually, now I think about it. What a bitch. Free milk. I don't mean it. You know what I mean. She probably listens. I don't mean that. But like, come on, look after
0: your kids. But it was, it was the good old days, you know, where people could just hang out. Our, I nearly yeah.
1: died. That's all right. We, that would. Well, we would. Um, what made <laughs> you think of the milk floats? Because you got things delivered. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I wow. wonder where that we came from. We got an insight into Jeff's brain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week's question is about the Champions League. The fourth highest
1: top Lisbon. scorer. Lisbon. <laughs>
0: the, <laughs> the Champions League is taking place in Lisbon. Um, the fourth highest top scorer in Champions League history has never won it. Who is he? Whoa, great question.
1: Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Um, no. I don't know if he's won it, though. Did he win it with AC Milan? I don't know. he hasn't won it. Uh, don't um, the fourth highest yeah. has never won it. And he's still playing now? Sergio Aguero. No. Luis Suarez?
0: No. Um plays for a team that could win it this year.
2: Mm. And Ro- when I Robert saw... Lewandowski? Yes. Robert That's Levin- incredible. Yeah. Scored his 46th goal at the weekend. It's crazy. I still think he's crap. He's not crap. He's very uh, good. Right? I don't think he's crap. I disagree with you on this one, yeah. I just think he's overrated. Like playing in
0: a harder league. Oh come on, come on, John! Let him have. Let him he's have his done day. It, he's,
2: for, I think he's done it for long enough now that you have to respect what he does.
0: But whenever there comes like the crunch time, he doesn't do it. Like Poland at the World Cup didn't do it. When it comes to the crunch time in the Champions League for Bayern, doesn't do it.
2: Which is why I like I wouldn't put him in like the top 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 strikers. For me, yeah. he is that next bracket down because he doesn't. I agree with you. He's a, he tends to bully the smaller teams and fill his boots and yeah. doesn't necessarily show up in the biggest games. But he's definitely in that bracket. Would very... you rather
0: have Aguero or Lewandowski up front? Like if it was like last minute. <coughs> no, yet...
1: that's, that's that's not a fair question. Would you rather have Harry Kane or Lewandowski? <laughs> Harry Kane. Really? Because yeah. I, I think they're the same player. They're
2: very similar, yeah. And,
1: and I think yeah. in the same way you can say, and we have done for years, that Harry Kane is overachieving. One, one season one. One then. season one. He, he overachieves every year consistently. Like yeah. His whole career will be an overachievement for, for his God-given ability. Yeah. You could say that Lewandowski looks the same, but yeah. they're both going to score 30 goals a season every season, or 47 or however much he's <laughs> got, this, got, got this season. But they play the same type of football because it doesn't look specialist Yeah, It actually just looks a bit like you're in not even right place, right time. It's just a bit laboured. He's a laboured, amazing centre-forward.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look easy or special. He doesn't score wonder goals or anything amazing. He just scores lots
1: of goals. Like You choose Berbatov over Lewandowski. He's much s- more Simply fun. because he's yeah. just a beautiful human. <laughs> like, yeah. like, not actually as a human, he's, he's an ugly bloke. But, but the way he plays football, like he's You'd rather watch him. So you'd think, you know, to the untrained eye, that Berbatov would be a better striker. But Lewandowski's no, I don't top, really. top class. Not having it.
2: Yeah, I'm you, with Jeff on
0: this one. No, you're both wrong. Um, so <laughs> this week, we are going to finish... The Premier League is back next week. We're recording on Thursday this week. We'll record on Thursday next week as well, because then we will have watched two games of football, which is weird and exciting. But this week, we're going to finish our Premier League team reviews of the league season so far and what's happening next. Because we've got 10 teams to go through, we decided to do a quick fire. So all three of us have written a sentence each on the remaining 10 teams in alphabetical order. So what we'll do is we'll go through each team one by one, We'll read our sentences out for each team and then maybe have a little bit
1: of a chat about each team. Jeff, do you want to go first on Man City? Nearly the biggest thing to happen in football. Nice.
2: Okay. Now, do, do you want me to elaborate? No, or do no, no. Go? no, I think we're just going to go around and then discuss something. Go yeah. on. Uh, disappointing, but all is forgiven if win the Champions League. Laporte massive miss, but Peck must take some of the blame.
0: I've got. I'm bored. I hope they get banned from the Champions League, and I really like Raheem Sterling. <laughs> 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 Which well, I, I, I think that's, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a it's it's a synopsis. Fair, rounded synopsis
1: of Manchester City. Yeah. So what I'm referring to is obviously the 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 ban. You know, the, the two year ban from European football and the fine, and and yeah. the, the, this week obviously they. Put their case forward to to Cass and it's going to wait until the middle of next month for a result. Yeah, is end of that, July, that, end of July. Um, middle of July. Uh, now, I'm so obviously we did a big thing on this when it, when it was ha- when it was happening. Now, all of the reporting this week again, it's all talking about football, and no one's bringing up the legal connotations of them failing on this appeal. Now, obviously, we know that they submitted incorrect financial records to Companies House yeah. in the UK, which is tax fraud. Yep. Yeah. Now, if they don't um, manage to successfully appeal, they are in legal strife, which no one is talking about. That, to me, is the biggest story. Obviously, football in football sphere yeah. talks about the footballing story, but I do think that this is a, this is a huge thing. Um, now, I have been uh, disappearing down a bit of a mental a rabbit hole here. We 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 spoke last week and all the week before about financial fair play probably being yeah, lusioned. Lusioned. yeah. Um, now I was looking at. Um, at the cash flow of football clubs. Mm. So one of the... Th- there's a great quote by um, Mr. <laughs> Mister Dell. What's his first name? $500 five?
2: million dollar hit. It's just
1: outrageous. Um, so the guy who does Dell computers. Oh, yeah. It, it, I've got one of those it, it, at work. Ah. Yeah. Well, great. So does everyone in the world. Yeah, he's, we're he's recording a, he, on a yeah, Dell yeah, computer he's, right he's now. done a good job. There's a great quote with, um, from him talking about how he restructured the business of Dell. Is it Alan he said Sugar? That, um, who's Alan... What do you mean, is it Alan Sugar. Dell. You no, know, he
0: did Amstrad. Oh, Dell boy,
1: uh, Amstrad <laughs> well, he he was computers, out? wasn't he? Yeah, Alan Sugar. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there was <laughs> a, a great quote where he was talking about um, the cash flow of a business being the most important thing. He says everyone concentrates on the P and L, profit and loss, yeah. you know, how much you make versus how much you spend. He said it's the equivalent of looking at um, looking at your speedo whilst driving and thinking you're doing a good job and avoiding looking at the fuel gauge.
3: Yeah.
1: He goes, if you're just about to run out of fuel, but keep concentrating on the speedo. How are you performing? How are you performing? How are you performing? You don't notice a catastrophe on the on the on the horizon, and nothing has really highlighted that in football. The fragility of cash flow in football—like three months without football—it's taken only three months for us fucked. to be talking about clubs going under and not existing anymore. Now that means that the. The reserves of football teams, the, the cash flow in those businesses is so mismanaged and so poor that you can't survive three months of no revenue without questioning your very existence as a business. Yeah. that is a huge problem, right? So when we originally were talking about financial fair play being relaxed, I had the same reaction as you. I thought disgusting, disgusting, yeah, Roger. I think you went fucking you know burn the, burn the house down. It's like let's <laughs> let them all crumble. But actually, the... um. When cash flow is such a problem in these poorly run businesses, the thing that they need is a cash injection. Now, financial fair play restricts cash injections because yeah. the last three months, so financial fair play is taken over a period of time, over three years, and you look at how profitable, how much you're allowed to lose over that period. Now every single club in global football right now has had three months' worth of catastrophic losses, which means if financial fair play continues in in its current guise, Everyone, no, get, everyone gets banned. No club can, can, yeah, can invest you, in anything.
2: You to, I agree in that in that context. You have to.
1: So mm-hmm. so what I'm looking at Manchester City. So so you have to separate <clears throat> what's going on right now. So by it being financial fair play or or a crime, I think for committing a crime, which is falsifying your tax records. They should be punished. Yes, I think they are so fucking lucky that what's happening right now in global football is is putting a magnifying glass on financial fair play. Going,
2: maybe this isn't the right model to govern football. And if you don't think it matters that that, that when they broke those rules, though, it was another time. I mean, I think you should judge it on the time at which they committed those actions. Yeah, of course, I, I absolutely believe you should. But if you
1: are <coughs> the footballing pyramid and you've it's only been three months. <coughs> Of, of no incoming revenue streams before you are realising that your whole business is about to collapse, then you look for where cash is going to come from. Yeah. Now, Manchester City's, um, uh, what did Arsenal think it, Financial doping. Manchester City's financial doping, as yeah. you call it, has not just been a benefit to Man City, it's been a benefit to the whole football league in the UK. Every club that has Bought downstream, or has, has had purchases downstream of Manchester City's money, has benefited. Maybe. Oh, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. completely
2: agree, though, because Man having a Man City also drives up the prices for everybody because Man City are in the, in the market.
1: Yeah, yeah, but the, but if whenever they buy a, a player from Leeds or Aston Villa or Everton. Everton or Leeds or Aston Villa has enough money to buy a player from MK Dons or Scunthorpe as a prospect, without thinking that this is this is one of our we, this has to work. You know, okay, let's look at two eras. You know, when David Moyes was at, was at Everton, he basically had no money spent; he had to sell to buy. For eleven years he had to sell to buy, or have a five year payment plan on Fellaini, who was fifteen million pounds. You know, that's a club that was well considered well run at the time. As soon as Man City came along and, and you know, Everton got twenty-six million for Jack Rodwell or whatever it was, Jolene Lescott, got twenty-seven million, that suddenly is an injection of cash that a club like Everton can then go spend and speculate down the lower leagues. So look, I don't believe in in trickle-down economics. I think it's a complete farce. But in a closed system like the footballing economy there is something about having a, a mass financial doping injection at the top which benefits the whole league and i think if yeah. you take away that um Go on, keep going. You, you take away the ability especially right now to inject cash into a into a footballing pyramid that can't survive three months without it i, I feel like the right thing to do is to to let financial fair play so does, loose a little bit.
0: So yes, so I, I kind of agree that I think financial fair play will get loosened a bit. Do you think then so is that saying that Man City are gonna get let off or are they gonna get done?
1: I'm saying that there is never a better climate for Man City to be excused of their crime than right now in football. And I think Man City are so fucking lucky that this has happened now because if this happened a year ago, we were looking for scapegoats. Yeah. We were looking to yeah. to stop. Saudi Arabia coming in yeah. and doing it we were looking to you know to stop Usmanov we were going yeah. okay well we need to make a an example of a team like Manchester City to go it's not fair whereas right now everyone who was originally looking to make an example are the clubs like AC Milan Manchester United PSG yeah. they're, they're clubs who are going well we've got all of this money but we need to make an example of someone so that we can stay here at the top and and stay at the top table so no one else can come take our place away now these clubs are fucked and these clubs are just looking for money to come in. I tell you what, AC Milan right now want Manchester City to have money because they want Manchester City to buy their players. Yeah, and and they they need it. The footballing world needs an injection of cash.
2: It's so an, I mm. find it interesting that both of you pick that as, um, well like I did, I just really,
0: put, I, I said I'm bored of them because I am bored of the way Man City play because it's too perfect. Uh, yeah. it's just there's no <laughs> fallibility in it and there's no fun in it. It's just perfection which perfection, the beauty of humanity is that it's failed. And Man City just do perfection and that's boring. Um, and I kind of hope they get banned from the Champions League, partly for that reason to get an example made of them. Um, but I do like, really like Raheem Sterling.
2: But there's a football... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I focused on it just on a football context. Yeah. And like, aside from the fact that you don't like the way that they play, I mean... If Man City don't win the Champions League, <clears throat> and they're certainly not going to win the league, is their season a failure? I think it probably is. Yeah.
0: They've got to win everything every year to yeah. be, for the amount of input they finance they put into it. They're meant to be winning And to lose
2: every- the league by the amount they have, yeah. and men not. I think if they win the Champions League, like. Yeah, if they were five
0: points them. off Liverpool right now, you go, yeah. Yeah, to right. But they're 27 points, 29 points, whatever it is. Um, let's move on to the next one. Oh, yeah quick fire we can't bang, <coughs> on. Yeah, we quick can't fire. bang on no banging on I'm going to start with Man United because I'm a Man night fan yep my sentence is it's good it's bad it's great it's awful it's okay I'm confused I like Bruno and Rashford and
2: Maguire <laughs> <laughs> that's a long
1: sentence okay I'll go next they beat City 2-0 what the fuck
2: <laughs> yeah, nice uh, improving full stop Champions League will be a bonus Fernandez, a player, Oue Le Pog. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: that's a French word. You made French's stuff like that. Well,
0: talking of Pogba, he's going to be back and fit and playing now. Does that make a difference? Does that mean Man United are going to win the league this year? Uh, this year. <laughs> you'll have
2: your eye on fourth, I think. I mean, mm. I, I suddenly, if you can get Pogba back, you, you well, first of all, you've got to find him. and then if you find him and you actually get him on the park and play him and Fernandez continues to play like he was before the shutdown and Rashford's fit again you know and Rashford's fit again Martial was looking good Maguire I feel like there are a lot of positives there for United in what started out as a pretty grim outlook Mm. you know um, 10 games into the season Um, so I, I mean I think if you get Champions League I do think that's a bonus but I kind of think that you, you will. I think I, I, I think I'm, you'll
0: get fourth. I'm quietly confident that we're going to get fourth. Um, I just think that there's a bit of momentum. I think there's been very little noise around the club whilst coronavirus has happened. The only things that are coming out are good news stories about how great Rashford has been in the local community and the effort he's put into the local community. <clears throat> and Pogba's stories have been positive. Everyone's loving Bruno. It just seems like there's a quality feeling about Man United at the moment that hasn't been there for a little while. Yuck. Which is exciting. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I uh, I, ch- I chose this game not just to be facetious, but um, I-, I chose this game because of the stats. Yeah. And I, th- I, th- I think this is quite a quintessential Manchester United performance. If you remember this game, they, they won 2-0, Martial and McTominay scored. Uh, what a player. Yeah, but they had 27% possession. And yet, still had more shots than Manchester City, nine to Manchester City six,
2: and that. But I do, but I think that Bruno has been a significant signing in cha- You know, changing that, given the ability to do more when they have the ball. Whereas I think before that you, they were so limited in midfield that counter attack was it. It was basically yeah. a slightly, you know, more advanced version of get it to the quick blokes up front. But I think all of a sudden well, if you, put- it, you
1: remember this is the game that Bruno chipped it over the wall and oh, and Martial funny. ran on yeah. and, and and volleyed it I, from I, over I'm his not, shoulder. I mean, I,
2: but I, I mean. Not taking that game in isolation, I think our criticism of United a lot, particularly early in the year before Bruno arrived, was they only had one way of playing, yeah. they tended to do better against the better clubs and perform poorly against the you know supposedly weaker teams because they couldn't break them down. Yeah. All of a sudden, if you put Pogba and Fernandes in the team, which obviously hasn't happened yet, and they're both playing well, I, I think that just adds a, a completely new dimension to the way that they can play. Fred, but is Solskjaer the man to? to Run do that, I I don't think he is But Fred
0: um, has played 30 games before Bruno arrived uh, this season, had one assist no goals, nine games since, two goals, three assists and I'm not saying it's because Fred suddenly becoming an attacking player but it means that we're controlling <laughs> the ball in the middle of the park, we have the ball for longer which means that players that have better on the ball and have a bit more time in the middle of the park suddenly get a bit better and, uh, so he's made the whole
2: team a bit I mean, better Pogba was one of the best players at the World Cup yep you know and so to be able to bring him back someone in if, they, if he can be anywhere near that and if he's interested then I, I think fourth is yours to lose unfortunately
0: right let's move on to Newcastle next oh yeah um, Newcastle
2: quick fire Newcastle we've spoken about a lot
0: so we're just going to do our sentences and move on and just leave them hanging
1: Jeff, you go. The best and worst signing of the season. Rog? Uh,
2: Dull as dog shit, but still overachieving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got... I just feel sorry for them. And St. Maximum has been a breath of fresh air.
1: Uh, (laughs) St. Maximum, best signing. Joel Linton, worst. Yes. Um, Norwich? Rog, do you want to start? Still a chance.
0: Well, I've got have a great behind-the-scenes plan and would like them to stay up maybe they have a slither of a chance now but doubt it
1: i've got genius future champions wow we we're,
0: we're, we're going to pause on that of the we championship th- no
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay right so we're in we're in a complete football finance chaos right yeah so norwich had a we've we've all waxed lyrical about their sporting director we, we yes. we've all what's his name simon something uh, yeah i yeah. can't remember his name yet. um And basically, they had a plan, which we knew they had a plan when we saw Sheffield United spend money, uh, we saw Aston Villa spend money, and Norwich spent basically nothing. We knew, and they admitted, that what they were going to do is go up, do their best, give it their best shot, but if they go down, they're going to be in a very strong financial position to make sure that they can solidify their gains and go up just like... um, Burnley. Uh, Burnley Just like Burnley did when Burnley went down, you know, yeah. they, they followed that football model. It just so happens when I say it's genius that they've done that in an environment where everyone else is fucked.
3: Yeah, so what they've done, is, what, yeah,
1: what they've done is they've gone up and they've saved their money. Everyone else has spanked their load. They've saved their money. They're going to go down and they're going to get parachute payments. So they're going to be in the championship. In a, in a time where championship clubs have overspent, their wages are too high, their players mm. cost too much money so they gambled to get into the Premier League. Norwich are going to go down, having saved their Premier League money with two years worth of parachute payments and the same team who is now experienced in Premier League football. They are going to be champions of the championship next year and they're going to go up and they're going to be Premier League mainstays. I'm convinced.
2: But I, I, I mean, you I, should. you know, I think there's a lot in that, but I also think that in the short term, they are a chance to stay up. And I think perhaps the if there's a, a... Well, I think we've touched on this last week or the week before but i think they're one of the teams that may benefit from this no crowds yeah slightly more sterile environment more like a training drill because i think technically a lot of their players are are quite good and they've got a clear way of of playing and they tend to you know they've been losing to sort of gritty performances Mm. from from poorer teams whereas i have a feeling that that um you know, the, the slightly more expansive teams, particularly lower down the league, will do better under this. Um, mm, I, so, agree, so yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't write them off. Yeah.
0: I, I, th- I was just looking at the league. There's six points off safety, which sounds like a huge amount when you're not winning games. It's two wins. But it's actually just two wins. And, and you can see the league starting again and a team easily going on a run and you just get a bit of momentum and you win they're playing Southampton in their first game they win that one, they win two or three in a row and suddenly you go, hang on they can do this and if they're playing against a Crystal Palace in mid-table away and they've got no crowd there, nothing to play for, Norwich are going to win that game. I think you're going to see a lot of those games where mid-table teams who have nothing to play for and no fans are just going to be like... Just make, it, make, driven, make a good it? point make yeah. a really good point yeah so uh, Norwich have got a chance next up is Sheffield United um, I'll go first team of the season manager of the season formation of the season and I learnt the most from them John Fleck is brilliant holy
1: shit John that not John Fleck that, that is great that it's is great if you're a Sheffield United fan you should be chuffed to bits yeah. with that I just think they're brilliant but what have you, you, you lot, got Chef? overlapping centre backs <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I've got exceeding all expectations pleasure to watch wow yeah. I Always. just think they've been
1: brilliant Go, let's go back in a time machine shall we a year and the team that we were so kind of begrudging of the fact that they're going to be back in the Premier League well no I don't own.
2: say we were Me. I think football was no Fo- and we
1: all predicted them to go down we did in our predictions so. but
2: I mean when you're you know breaking your transfer record to sign um, McBurney, McBurn, like <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that's understand. Like, they, they broke their transfer record three times in a row to sign three very, very average forwards. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think, and to be fair to us, there are an awful lot of professional uh, yes. pundits out there who predicted the same. Yeah. But I think that's, to me, that's obviously part of it, is... The surprise element. Like, we didn't expect any of this, so then you enjoy it even more when you see it. But I think to give Sheffield United the most credit, take that away. Take away the the extra enjoyment that we're getting because we didn't expect it and just treat it on its merits in terms of the way that they've played football. And it's still been... I think a pleasure to watch, and they've added something to the Premier League. It's been League. an education. Yeah. It genuinely has been an education. When when
1: I've watched Sheffield United, I've had to change the way I think about watching football. And very very rarely do you say that. You know, I've, I've said it two years ago about Man City. You know, when you start, yeah. finally start when, seeing Guardiola's plan come together, and you're like, okay, there is a, there is a way to play football that is not what you expect. They see passes you don't see, and, and I've seen Sheffield United this year, and I've just been blown away by what they do
2: i think it validates the the lower leagues a bit as well and makes you realize that actually maybe there's players and managers that outside of the premier league bubble that because Chris we just don't see and you know but he's been around in football for quite a while yeah he's been a manager for 15 years this hasn't just happened overnight like he's you know this is a lot of it is experience and so i think um you know I, i mean i watch championship a bit obviously i have a interest in it and there is you know a lot of good football played and good players and and um you know good coaching so I think when you sort of see a club come up and and do that it's it's really exciting
0: it's my I have one fear for Sheffield United is second season syndrome well kind of but also they're going to get the second season syndrome in the same season because everyone's just had three months off or however long it is to suss out Oh, you know when we played Sheffield United last time and they fucked us over with their overlapping centre-backs and stuff? We'll just study that and work out what we're going to do this time. So they are four, two points off Champions League at the moment. Well, depending on... 5 We'll say five points off fourth. Um, they've got a bunch of mid-table teams or lower league teams to play in the next few weeks. I really want them to go on and finish fourth, fifth, sixth and really do something... I'm scared it might all go wrong, like it would have in the second season, and they might have just finished 16th, 17th, which is fine. But this season, if it nothing had stopped, I could see them with the momentum going, getting into Europe, and something happening. And I just want them to be able to do that because they deserve it.
2: But I, I mean, but even though, I mean, they, I, I agree with you. But I think if they survive, they'll be happy, and they will have enjoyed it. And I think they'll be in the Premier League next year. And you know we'll get to yeah. to see see them again. And I don't think they're just gonna. I think that Wilder is an you know an astute enough manager and an inventive coach that if all of a sudden teams start, I mean for starters, I don't think it's easy to um, counteract overlapping centre backs. No. Um, but well, as, soon as you put an extra man there, they just stop overlapping. Exactly. That's, but I think come, you know having. they can come. You know, I just, it would expect him to then come up with something else. Like I don't think he's a one-trick pony. I think that's what he's no, showing. No, you'd he's say a,
1: once he's sick of being wild, he'd go wilder. <laughs> oh, God.
2: <laughs> God, move on. Southampton. So, uh, Rog, do you want to start on Southampton? Um, must survive. New contract for the Alpine Klopp. So I think you've just yeah. got another four years. Yeah. Um, they've really turned it around as well. I mean, we talk about the... Hey, is that your oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. so I've got back on turn, point. turned it around okay. in brackets. Sorry.
0: Um, so I've put back on track after the 9-0. The Rabbit Hatch has a plan and I like it, but I'm not sure about their recruitment.
1: I put 9-0, but it was raining, so don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was really raining, It's It was really, really <laughs> raining.
0: Um, what were you going to say, Rog?
2: Oh, I was just yeah. I, I you know turned it around in brackets, and they and they they were looking very very dicey at that point. Not not just because of the result. Um, but we was talked about happening. Jeff whether maybe uh, you know the Hutch threw that one in there to as a bit of a yeah, just let mo- it happen motivation factor. But um, I mean their their form since then has has been a lot better and has essentially got them out of trouble. But I think. You know, I really respect the fact that they've committed to their coach and, you know, that there is a plan there and they've done that. But that's all very well and good. But if you do that, you need to stay up.
0: Yeah. And they need to stay up. And then, if I was trying, because I said I've put that they're not sure about their recruitment. I was trying to think about the players they've bought. And I could only think about Shea Adams, who's been a failure.
1: Berg. Uh, Her- Hergeberg was in there 3 he's been he's- there a while yeah Hergeberg
0: yeah, so yeah three-
2: f- he may go to Everton for 35 mil
1: oh 35 mil for Hergeberg yeah
2: <laughs> and um, but but, they- I mean Shea has been mm-hmm. injured a fair bit I think it's I agree, it hasn't worked for them. They've
0: him. got Danny Ings and he's done well. He but has done
2: well this year, yeah. Danny Ings.
0: Shane Long still starts. Yeah, exactly. Come they've on. got a lot of shit players. So I think if they... And
1: how, how did that happen? <laughs> I
2: don't I because know! Was only... How does he have a career? <laughs> we don't know. Like, well, not Shane Long. I'm oh. not
1: talking about how does it happen, the <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> they, games. But you, you've only have... got to go back five, six years and they have the best uh, the, the best team in the Premier League. They have Mane,
0: really? Lalana, Van Dijk. Yeah, it was
1: like, a phenomenal team. And I know, what are you going to say, well, they just sold them? Like, I get it, yeah. but
2: you sell them for a lot of money and you replace them. Yeah. Well, but that—I mean—I suppose that they've had that strategy for a number of years in terms of buy players cheap or develop them and then sell them on at a profit and then try and do the same thing. And it keeps working until you don't quite get it right. So and where's, the, where's, where's the money? Stuck, gone? and you end up with a load of average players. Well, the, they're just as fucked as everyone
1: else. That's, the, that's yeah. the thing. Like, yes, that strategy is great, but where's the money? So, so you're in the you're you're in the same coffin as everyone else right now, and you've sold all your best players for the last twenty years. So you should have just like I don't know, rolled the dice a little bit. They should be safe this year. They're on thirty four points. I think
0: Uh, from them down, I think is the possible relegation. But again, like I said, if they go on a real terrible run, then it all could go wrong. But I think one more win and they're fine.
1: But the, the, yeah. the thing that I loved most is that they beat Leicester that game afterwards. So yeah. they lost 9-0 and then beat Leicester 2-1. And I, I think that is great. That's yeah. the beauty of football. Yeah. If you're an alien, you've come down, you want to watch football, <laughs> have a look at that same season, 9-0. Ooh, 2-1. There you go. Um, next up is Spurs. Now, really
0: boring point that I found interesting. When you do alphabetical order of all the Premier League teams, Spurs or Tottenham Hotspur still land in the same spot. Oh, that's. Do you know? I forgot about Spurs, and
2: they're they're not in alphabetical order on my list. They're at the bottom. And then my sentence for Spurs is don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my sentence for Spurs is fuck off, Jose. Hope it all goes wrong. Tip them for the league, and now want them to fail. Don't borrow 175 million at 0.5 percent. You're selfish.
2: Yeah, well, I was going to bring that up later (laughs) on, but yeah,
1: I mean, Spurs are financially. Sorry, let me do my sentence. Um a soap opera of fatigue and drama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for any Spurs fans yeah, like that. thing, <laughs> it's yeah. all positivity.
2: Um I, I mean I didn't mind Spurs, uh in fact I probably quite like Spurs, but I'm just just sick of the Mourinho side. I, I, I was, was, was gonna, gonna say, there. I I think yeah.
0: it's intri- for me, as a Man United fan, I tip Spurs to win the league this season, watching win what he'd done over the last few years, they've got to the Champions League final, they've got some great young players, I think they've done really well. As soon as Jose Mourinho has come in there, I can't stand them. And he just brings a negativity, He brings a miserableness to it all. And when you hear the stories about how they went, tried to do the furloughing of their staff, and then now they're borrowing £175 million from the government at a really low rate when there's 175 million would save all the League 2 clubs that are in a massive pickle, and they can't borrow at 0.5%, why not?
1: They can. It's a a government initiative to survive the coronavirus. So any company can borrow from... As long as you can prove that you're
2: financially fucked enough. Yeah, but they wouldn't be able to borrow that much. No, no, you have to be of a certain
0: size. Okay. So you're saving only the big and not the little. So if...
2: Like a lot of this, like it's a prime example of the people that will benefit from the whole world situation. Now are the one But top. I've
1: got to say, like, there's there is rhetoric around this that that frustrates me a little bit. And I'm sorry if if you listened to previous weeks, and I'm contradicting myself because I evolve as a person and my opinion changes as I as I start to learn new things. Contradictions um, is good. But. You know, these clubs are also battling survival. So, so, again, I disappeared down a rabbit hole of lost revenue. For- Spurs are not. Wait, yes, they might lose wait, hundreds wait a of
2: millions. Their, their guy, I guarantee you, however much Spurs are losing at the moment, their owner has just made double that in speculating on... Stocks and stock shares market. and currency yeah. during this crisis. So of course, they are but, but
1: as, a, as an independent business. You, 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 look, if you own a business, you, you, if your business is failing, you put measures in place so your business can survive on its own. You don't think, oh, I'm going to put my hand in my pocket to keep my business alive. Spurs, if um will lose 15.8 million dollars sorry million pounds in lost match day revenue for just the end of this season because they leverage their stadium against what the stadium can bring in. Now, This is things like the Jacksonville Jaguars playing at the Spurs stadium. This is all of their corporate facilities. You know, it's one of the best stadiums yeah. in the world. It's absolutely phenomenal. If the if there are no fans allowed in football stadiums next year, which we assume that they won't be for the majority of next year, they are they will lose the second highest amount in the Premier League to Manchester United. Which is 115 million pounds. Now they they bought that stadium with debt, which means that they need to pay back that debt, and they've lost 115 million pounds of income in a year. So that that club needs cash flow. It needs to pay these debts that it has serviced. So it's borrowed that from the government. Going in in a few years' time, we'll be back up to earning that, and we'll pay it back. But right now, we've we've got the bailiffs at the door.
2: But this well, but this is the problem about yeah. allowing ownership of clubs by people like what's who's the joe lewis joe lewis who's sitting there in the bahamas while the world burns making even more billions than he's got already doesn't really give a shit about spurs and you know if he decides he might just let it go you know and spurs fold and he doesn't care but at the same time you can't you have he is the owner of spurs and that money you just talked about is a drop in the ocean to him. Yeah. So yeah. you can't... I don't I don't think you can have a system where you can have somebody like him come in and buy a club and then the government essentially bails out the club. When it won't bail out... When it won't bail out... 20 clubs, everyone so. to, else. I,
1: I, I think that's provocative. I don't think the government are bailing, bailing out Spurs. I, I'd say that Spurs, as a business, has proven to the government that it has lost... a. Uh, uh, over a threshold of revenue and it is of a certain size and you could be any company in the uk no, and, spurs, no. and, and, spurs and spurs are just
2: spurs are you can't just think about spurs you're thinking of spurs as an individual entity they're not they're, they're are owned. owned by this guy who has billions and billions of dollars and one of the reasons if yeah, all plc's what, are owned one by people the, but one of the reasons the world is so fucked is because of this model because you have people that have all the money and all the money gets funnelled to them, but they separate themselves from the company and they say, oh no, the company's in trouble. The company's bust. Meanwhile, their wealth is untouched. Yeah, like, okay. That is not okay. That is a problem with the world. But so I if, get that, I get But, but, but if right the government right continue the... To, to support Spurs, which is what they're doing with a with a low-interest loan, you're supporting that model.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. But the government are not going to take a... Um, the, the conservative government... In the UK are not going to take a principled approach to a football cup. They they've set this doesn't mean it's loan right there, system within saying. parameters. If you are a company, any company that earns a certain amount per year and you can show that you have lost X percent of your revenue in that year, you can apply for a very low interest loan to tide you over. But what
0: does the community see the um, I can't think of the word, but you can see how weird it is. That the contradiction. The contradiction, thank you. Um, that Spurs can get £175 million at 0.5% and then I'm just picking a name. So Leighton Orient, who would have lost way more of percentage of their revenue and everything, can't get a loan at that rate and can only get a loan at a huge amount of rate from a Because they're not a
1: company that size. I don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not and arguing it's, that, that yeah. it's a just thing to do. But yeah. then someone like Manchester United, that's all leveraged money. So the the those the Glazers when they bought Manchester Manchester United, Off it's nothing. not their money. No, it's leveraged money, and it and it's it, you can buy shares in Manchester yeah. United, which means they, they sold sold shares in advance, borrowed cash and bought the club. With, so they literally got debt. It's like me getting a credit card and buying your house. Yeah. I'm. I'm and knowing that the house is going to earn me more than I'm going to pay on my credit card, yep. that's not fair either. Because no. average Joe on the street, they, they can't yep. borrow £900 million worth of money to go, well, it's going to be worth more. That's not fair. And so I think, to bring it back to my
0: point, I think it's interesting, just on a personal, reflective point, when Pochettino's manager... I go, go Spurs in the football world. <laughs> when Mourinho's manager, I go, I hate their owner and I hate everything to do with them. And I think it's interesting, just from a personal point of view, of how my mindset changes so quickly just based on the manager. And I think that's a thing like whether Klopp's in charge of Liverpool makes you go, Oh, I quite like Liverpool. You like you ignore the background because you have this figure that you go, Oh, I yeah. quite like them. And at the moment, Jose Mourinho can fuck Which off. Which
2: previously like that was part of what Jose did well, right? Like when he first came on the scene, took Mm, all the pressure off his players um, because he took it on himself by Mm. being this extrovert character and all the players would buy into that. And that was, that was his thing, if you like, you know, that was one of his, um, and he was getting all this success, but then it's got to the point now where he's changed I think. I mean, I think the game's passing by a bit, but I think because of that character that he is, everything's um, compressed. Yeah. So I think I've talked about this before. I think his shelf life is way less as a manager than the majority of managers out there. But you're right. Now it just brings all this negative focus. And that's what you think of with Spurs. That's now my thought of with Spurs. Yeah. And it's not just, there's everything that he portrays and puts out you know, in the media, but there's also the way they're playing. Yeah. You know, the way they're playing now is like stodgy. And I'm not excited about just, Harry Kane anymore, no, Deli Alley. they're nothing. all
0: shit. Harry Winks can fuck off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we've got three left. Okay, we'll, super Wat- quick. We'll do a quick one on Watford. I'm going to start. Pearson has been surprising and Sartre and Dini are great, but wouldn't miss them if they were relegated. Claudio Ranieri. At Watford, we'll, we'll carry on.
2: Uh, great revival but still in trouble yeah. you have to just explain that Jeff
1: well it's, it's simple isn't it do
2: you right. mean they're going to do a Leicester
1: uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> obviously Pearson's come in you know he's got them all going oh let's get organised yeah. let's be hard to beat come on guys respect yourself and then what? Well, his son's going to like I don't know do something we shouldn't dip, do he, into- dip his cock in someone's vodka and coke whilst on holiday <laughs> or, or something and just disgrace the club get sacked Ranieri's in win the league it's actually quite good.
0: Let's move straight on to West Ham on that point. Rod, do you want to go first on West Ham?
2: Very West Hammy. Moise <laughs> Moyes again? Question mark. Really? <laughs> Question mark. Relegated? Question mark.
0: I've got basket case. Overpaid players. Moyes is crap. Stadium is awful.
1: Feel for the fans a little bit. I've got on the mend. Oh. Ooh. On the mend. Really? If given time probably won't get time.
2: Big Moyes fan over there. And, yeah, you uh, love like, Moyes. No, it's
1: Okay. Yeah, that is true. That's true. I've, I do have a soft spot for David Moyes and um, I, I genuinely think that he will beat out the inconsistency in them and he will actually, if given time, he'll weed out some of those players that are really mercenaries.
2: So. He'll be doing it in the championship. They're going to get relegated. I
1: hope not. I, and the problem is, if he get relegated, he'll probably get the sack. And I, and I feel bad for him because actually in his last stint there, he did a good job Remember, remember his stats. No, I've no, he, not on board the Moyes train, Roger. No. He statistically has done better than other managers. <laughs> that was the best <laughs> quote of the season. Um,
0: the, uh, West Ham are in a lot of trouble, and I kind of want to see them go down. It was a long time since Joe Cole, kids. Um, right, this last team for our team reviews is Wolves. I've put probably the most well well run club in the league right now, and in it for the long haul not sure about the agent stuff, Trurore is
1: fun. Uh they might have actually made the transition. It's actually incredible.
2: Uh, solidified can they kick on Europa League winners. Oh yeah.
0: Well, well that's massively positive. They they have quietly just become a
1: top six Premier League club
0: without thinking. That's what it. I mean. Uh,
1: like, there, there are there are mid-table Premier League clubs who who spend years and years and years yeah. knocking on this glass ceiling, and Wolves have just proved there is no glass ceiling.
2: And if they, I mean, I think the other thing is if they sell Jimenez, I mean, oh, wow, he's crap. Gonna, anyway. <laughs> well, no, but I was going to say seventy-five million, and if they sell Triori a hundred million. But obviously, that They're might not, be yeah. dinted somewhat yeah. by the or um, loan them to buy them the, the current yeah. market conditions but <laughs> I, I mean I think they will sell those players for plenty of money even in the current environment because they'll only go to a like if I think if uh, Timo Werner signs for Chelsea which looks like he might then Liverpool might be in for trial and yeah. I think they probably will spend yep. a fair amount of money on him but um, yeah I think I think they might miss out on fourth but I think the Europa League is their um, route to the Champions League yeah. and they're because
0: they're still in the Europa League aren't yeah. they so they can win that and get in the Champions League and I just I, Nuno Espirito Santo is is that his name it Is his mm-hmm. name um, is a really good manager I'm a little scared he's the next Jose so much that in about five years I'm going to hate him but I do think he's a top four manager he's someone who's going to go on and manage a team or take Wolves
1: into the top four and be there consistently for two, or two years. He's got
2: he's a bit more fun than those. Oh, I suppose Jose had a twinkle in his eye once upon a time. Yeah. yeah,
1: no one's questioned it, and th- this is the the strange kind of difference between Wolves and other teams in the same position. When when clubs break break the barrier, you know, it's almost like they're they're on a joyride, you know, and we view it like that. We're like, oh yeah, look at them up there. We've we've said it almost patronisingly about Sheffield United no one questions wolves ability to be there they're there on merit and you genuinely assume they're going to stay there and they've they've done that without anyone batting in, an in either. two seasons yeah it's, it's
0: incredible um well we've just managed to get through all 10 teams in 45 minutes it's taken us 12 weeks to get through <laughs> the other 10
1: teams so we should maybe have done it differently, but we, you know. Sorry if anyone's disappointed that you didn't get a good proper rant about your team. West Ham, you probably got off lightly. Um... Well, they've got it all year, though. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but the Premier League is back next week, which
0: is very exciting. So we will record next Thursday after the first games are out. Just wanted to touch on a few games that are in the first weekend of football. Man City against Arsenal, Spurs against Man United, and Everton v Liverpool. That's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, how great. exciting is that? It's and like, it's, it's be been no confirmed, fans, I think,
2: Evan Villapool's um, at At Goodison, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, no neutral grounds. So They've just gone, no, that's a silly idea. Um, but yeah, does anyone have any other football news they wanted to talk about this week?
2: Uh, I've got one thing. Yeah, go on. Going down the leagues a little bit. So obviously, there's one. excitement about Premier League and Championship come back, Um, obviously it's been confirmed, but the big question mark was on lower leagues and particularly League One, so uh, democratic process in that there was a vote on how they would finish the season but it certainly wasn't unanimous so there's a fair bit of animosity around right now in League One, so uh, Peterborough um, is it Peterborough? Barry Fry? Um, Missed out by Point zero zero two of a point that's pretty frustrating. on the playoffs yeah. uh, under the points per game um, system so my 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 question with this was i don't we all thought that this would probably be the case mm. obviously the lower down the leagues you go the more likely it is that they weren't going to continue because it just becomes less and less financially viable so it makes sense they finished the season the options that they gave the clubs to vote on weren't very many on how they would do it. You know, it's either play, not play, and if we don't play, we finish season, points per game, current position, um, and I think that was about it. What I don't understand with this is there are other options for, you know, so the criticism that Barry Fry was quite vocal about the Peterborough um, chairman was that, uh, you know, they were in good form, I mean, you might discount that because the season stopped or what have yeah. you. But they also had, uh, you know, I think it's seven games remaining. Um, five of those games were at home um, against teams in the bottom ten of the league. So they'd kind of, you know, had a lot of their hard fixtures early, and then were, um, you know, kind had a good run. Had a good run the- to yeah. the finish. And obviously, this model of points per game just does not take into account of that. Now the Reading University for years, years and years and years, have been running a their economics um faculty has a um model called oh. RED that predicts the outcomes of all the leagues every year. It's been on, you know, the BBC uh, Yeah, they use it as um, like a thing, don't they? Well, reference. and they have it, um Loro. Yeah. Uh you know, Loro's predictions yeah. has a number of times gone up against Red. Yeah. And a lot of times Red will um perform better than all the pundits yeah. and there is a huge amount of data that goes you know they even factor in things like what day of the week the game's on yeah so there's a there's all this data that goes into it. now obviously it's still flawed because it's still a model and it's still based on past events so you can't predict the future yeah. but to me if you've got that extra information there would that not make it Is that not a a least worse outcome than just a points per game? Are you saying they
1: should just run it through a computer model and see who comes out, who gets spits out?
2: Well, if you're going to go for a points per game model, which which is is essentially a computer model, but it is about as basic as it gets, or you can use a predictive tool that has way more input factors, but that are all facts that you're putting in. There's nothing Mm, subjective there. It's it's just abacus versus a calculator. Yeah, it's it's data. Then use the data. Yes. Like, and that is to me that is fairer because that would factor in things like home ground advantage it would like that is a lot but, fairer oh,
1: oh, no I've got problems with that too that, that's like you, so what, let's get, say there was an injured player who was injured and then suddenly in this three month period has just got fit again Is it
2: factor in that but the well, no, for, no but, no, the, the, but, the but yeah, I'm game. just com- I'm so, comparing against points per game
0: yeah so with points per game you literally go they played 27 games they got 56 points divided the
1: two that's your average. Yeah, I understand that. That's pretty Super, basic, yeah. Su- yeah,
0: so this model
1: takes Thanks in... Thanks, so John. That was a no, no, good explanation. No, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's not, it's not perfect, but
2: surely it's a least worse outcome. Like I said, we've been talking about it than points per game because there's more information that goes into it. So it's more accurate than just a points per yeah,
1: game. Yeah, okay. So, so let's go back to football manager. Yeah. Right, every single season, some bloody dog shit journalist newspaper, runs yeah. the season through Football Manager and goes, hey, you're not yeah. going to win the league yeah. this year, according to Football Manager. And you read the yeah. article and you look at who's top scorer and, and go, great. And they go, well, we've run that 100 times. Yeah. And 60% of the time, United yeah. won the league. And oh, 3% of the time, Newcastle won the yeah. league. Like A computer model is is, is not anywhere near fact it's just yes great i get it's data and it's loads and loads of data sets but you can only go on the past you can't go on predicting the future so all they've done is they've said we have this many games they have played and we have this many actual results of fact all we can do is look at those numbers and go who had the most points for the game they played i get that some might have had an easier run or a harder Mm -hmm. run but, but that's the future the beauty of football is is you can't predict that so all you can do is go on the actual fact. But and that's not, what I'm not saying. Congen- that's yeah, that's exactly I, I feel like you're, you're missing yeah.
2: the point. Like this, the, the, <laughs> the model, you're the only inputs is relevant factual information. So, and you can do it from just the season, but it's that you're just adding more data points. So when you add more data points, when you have a larger data set, you have more confidence in the outcomes that you're going to get from a smaller data set that you would have from points per game. So what would it have done to Peterborough? So no idea, but I'm just saying I just don't. The only reason I can think of that they wouldn't have used it, well, one is like money and because they can't be asked. Yeah. But I thought the other one. <laughs> I thought the main reason, perhaps, is if there was a legal challenge because there might be a legal challenge on points per game. Reading, I Reading get promoted if they used this model, and there was a legal challenge, and then it went to court. They might be forced to like give up all their algorithms and stuff like that, and they yeah, won't. true. They'll I mean, I, but I don't, I don't think that's a. Re- I just think they should have. These are huge. The outcome is so big. Give it a bit more thought. Yeah, is my you know just give points it- per game is too simplistic.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I that don't
1: know. Football thought. people are simplistic people. That's what John said. Oh, that is <laughs> exactly as soon
0: as, <laughs> as soon as Rog put this on WhatsApp, my instant reply was football is simple.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was probably a stretch to get anyone to buy into points per game. Yeah, the fact I, they had looked, to explain it like you did, John. Yeah. <laughs> 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 as
0: soon as there was 0.02, <laughs> two, like, no, no, What but
1: I've played, I've played what? what? I've played how thirty? Yeah. Well, you played thirty two. Was it? That's unfair. <laughs> yes. That's not right. Um, I just wanted to. Quickly touch
0: on uh the George Floyd stuff that we spoke about last week, um and the fact that Raheem Sterling came out and spoke so well this week. Um and I'm always acutely aware that with three white mid thirties somethings talking about racism um, and we tend to try and avoid talking about racist incidents. And I think that more comes out of a... We don't. We want try to... and then we fail. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's also not... So Raheem Sterling got racially racially abused at a game last season or whatever. I don't want to give airtime to the people that actually do these things. But when there's good stuff happening, I do want to give airtime to it. And I think what Raheem Sterling's done and talked about this week has been amazing. I think the Guardian podcast that came out today, which is... Purely about racism in football is absolutely brilliant. Um, there's a ra- podcast who's I can't remember the Stadia something that the first 20 minutes is by a guy who um, has been dealing with racism. and I just think there's a lot of things out there, so I wanted to bring it up because there's so many I want to talk about it, but I don't know how to talk about it. And I think we're in a point where we should talk about it, but I don't know how to. And I think we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to make errors. But I think we're in a moment where we need to go. This is
2: fucked. Do you know who did it well this week as well? That made me proud again. Mm. Gareth. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. Gareth Southgate. I've yeah, been well-spoken. Like, I bloke, mean, we isn't he? were. I still, when I think of him, I still think of the laxative-inducing chocolate bar, <laughs> which was <laughs> Jeff's analogy when he became England manager, and I was so unconvinced and thought it was, you know, a very establishment move, but. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to say I'm now his number one fan. He's completely completely won me over. And I think this week was a good example where it isn't an easy thing to to just come out and talk about. But I think, I can't think of an England manager in recent time that if they were going to do something, wouldn't have completely ballsed it up. Imagine Whereas Sam I, Allardyce in that position. I, mean, Sam, I just think he came out well. And I think the thing that I was impressed with is that he supported his players and he just... It was he came across that he was genuinely proud of what they were doing. So he's talking about people like Rashford and Sterling, and I agree, John. We should be giving that airtime because I mean I touched on it last week, but they, you know, they cop a lot of abuse. You know Mm. these these privileged footballers, and you know they they and I so I think we do need to acknowledge when they're when they're doing something well. And I just thought that was great that Southgate did come out and support them and say that he's proud of them. And I mean I just feel like that, like. To be able to do that and it be genuine as a as a manager says that it is genuine, yeah. And and, mm-hmm. and I think you know that to me you're gonna have players wanting to play for you. And yeah, what I, I thought agree.
1: was interesting about um, Gareth Southgate's comment. So, so if if no one listened to the interviews, I think Gareth Southgate was on the BBC. You can Google Raheem Sterling. Like yeah. it's probably without us regurgitating, it's pretty good to look it up and listen yeah. to it because they can mm-hmm. say it better than we can say what they said. But one of the things that really struck me about Gareth Southgate's interview was he was asked about um, whether he's been kind of analysing players. So how they acted in lockdown, whether they acted up or what they've done for communities and stuff. And his comment was, we're always analysing players. Like when we choose a squad, we don't just choose on football. We choose on character. And whether you're playing football or not, we are always judging your character. And I, I thought, you know, rude, as a yeah. manager, to, to, to kind of lead human beings like that, to go, you are always under the microscope because, because you, actually we want certain characters representing this, this yeah. nation, not certain footballers.
2: Grealish and Madison are in trouble. Ah. <laughs> but, but Madison fucked up a long time ago. Like yeah, Madison's got a
1: continual. He's been judging <laughs> yeah. Madison's character since day dot. And yeah, it's a there's reason, reason why. You don't you don't get okay. Um, does anyone have any side stories before we go on to anything yeah I I wanted to just bring up the um, the every year the Deloitte whatever is it Deloitte you bring out the the highest values footballers in the world oh yes yeah so I've seen the top 10 highest valued footballers in the world
2: and one thing that struck me
1: four of the top five are English
2: yes we're gonna win the World Cup Sancho Sterling Rashford, Rash Rashford, yeah. Rashford is fifth. Number four, Kane,
1: Trent Alexander Arnold. Oh, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we grew up in a time where England were pretty bad at yeah. football. Yeah. They would have and, never had four. Ever. It was if Beckham wasn't there, there was no one there. Yeah, it's pretty outrageous. So, so the most valuable footballer in the world is Kylian and yeah. Uh, number two, Raheem Sterling. Number three, Jadon Sancho. Sterling second. Mm. Yeah. Number four, Trent Alexander-Arnold. From nowhere. Yeah. From two years ago, this kid was nothing, and now he's the fourth most expensive footballer in the world. It's I think he's got more assists than anyone ever.
2: Well, in a week. If, if if he if he goes <laughs> anywhere, he's not going to. The only. I could only think of two clubs in the world that would sign Sterling: Barcelona, and Real Madrid. Barcelona, Real yeah. Madrid, and they yeah. pay 150 mil. Yeah, of course. Um, number five, Marcus
1: Rashford, again from nowhere. Do you remember his like his debut in the Europa League when yeah. it was like we just laughed at his name because it said Rash in, a, in the um sorry sorry
0: Rash in the in the um ratio coronavirus times or whatever. There's obviously been more interviews with players and because they've got enough no football to talk about. The amount of players that have come out, whether they're current Magnited players or ex-Magnetic players, Zlatan, for example, and have come out and said that Marcus Rashford's really good. Like, he's so good. He works hard. He's just got the right attitude and he's brilliant.
1: Yeah. At number six, Salah. Number seven, Mane. So there's three Liverpool players in here in the top ten. Very good Liverpool. Yes. Um, Griezmann, number eight. Uh, Alfonso Davis, number nine. Uh, Bayern by Munich, Munich. Yeah. Canadian. Canadian yeah, yeah great and Harry Kane at 10 Harry <laughs> <laughs> Kane number 10 yeah so it's 5 out of 10 are English and 4 out of the top 5 so if we don't win the World Cup we're a failure which we won't oh, like, we'll afraid. get
2: excited about things like this and then we'll be shit yes. yeah um, uh, I've got one very quick one yeah, Saarbrucken. On.
1: sorry what
0: Saarbrucken. That- the Dutch, the uh, German like third division
2: team, fourth division team. Uh, yeah, fourth tier. Very good, John. They haven't played <laughs> for nine. Haven't played a game for ninety four days. First game is going to be uh, the semi final with the yeah, Okay, cup. Yeah, Africans. <laughs> <it is. laughs> <laughs> I just didn't thought they, it was
0: great. Did they play? Did they lose? Uh, it might
2: have happened. Yeah, I don't know. I just saw it in the week. Has I think they lost three 0 this morning. Oh, the last that's night. sad. Oh,
1: that yeah. is sad. Yeah. 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 At least there were no fans there to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I just
2: like that is such a long time to And when not you're fourth division side yeah.
0: and then just suddenly go, Oh, biggest game ever.
2: Ugh. Nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, it's end game
0: time. Now, oh. Rog, you kind of won by default last week. <laughs> I listened <laughs> back
1: last week. It's so <laughs> terrible. I am terrible at this game. Well, <laughs> I'm not even trying to be Maybe this is your turn. I'm not looking for you to go, no, Jeff, you're really good. I'm actually bad at this. The I'm Premier League's back.
2: You. You've still got enough time to win it. We'll, Maybe now is your turning point.
0: Yeah, we can change the game at the end of the season, but we have to keep going until the end of the season.
1: No, I just need to get better at it. I need yes. to go back in time and pay more fucking attention. Imp-
2: improve your 2014 knowledge. Yeah. Okay, so... Rog, what's the game? I've got a question for you first. Oh, oh. Need an unanimous decision. Do you want to go 2001 or
1: 2009? Mm. I, you can decide, Jeff.
2: 2009.
1: 2009. I, I would
2: have Nine. Okay. So. <laughs> Both of us just write 2009 <laughs> on our note pads. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> one, one of the big games this weekend uh, is Spurs and Manchester United. Okay. Now, I think Spurs are at home nominally, so I've actually switched this around. But um, I have gone back to the 25th of April 2009. Why if I'm writing the date? That doesn't help, does Man it? Man United, five, Spurs, two. I remember this game. Good game. Spurs, two. Yeah. So Spurs went 2-0 uh, up, I believe.
1: Who was the Spurs manager?
2: So the Spurs manager... don't know. Do I even have that on my list? Uh, Harry Redknapp. Harry and obviously, Fergie.
0: Go on, then, Jeff. Uh, Wayne Rooney.
2: Wayne Rooney is correct.
0: Uh, Rio Ferdinand.
2: Ferdinand is correct. Vidic. Vidic is correct.
0: Um, Ryan Giggs.
2: Oh, John. <gasps>
1: Come on, John.
0: Did you come off the bench? Did you come off the
3: bench?
2: Ryan Giggs did he- not play. No! And Jeff went first. Not even in the squad. Oh, is that it? Did Jeff do That's first? it!
1: That's uh, yeah. a point! That's a point on the board!
2: <sighs> yes! Oh, that was disappointing.
1: Can I. Well, uh, do you know? I thought we were going to go deep in there. I had a few. Yeah, yeah I, had a few. Well,
0: I had a few as well. But I, I'm just putting it out there, and I've said this to you off both off air. We should have a. Point uh, life each so you can lose one each because then you can go deeper into the games because gigs could always be injured and then it fucks you over and then it gives you a chance to go You've
2: for never nice. come up John, with this idea before just, I've you just raised, com- it. You a loser. raised it You have raised it and <laughs> you're only raising it now because I you lost, lost. Yeah.
1: Uh, What else do you have on your list John?
0: Van der Sar, Yep Skulls uh, Yep Sub Gary Neville uh,
2: No oh. Bale uh Bale sub, Modric, yep, Van der Ledley King, no, Berbatov, uh, Ledley King, correct, Berbatov, correct, Carrick, Carrick, correct.
1: We would have gone deep on that if you hadn't done so, that. So Van de
2: Goal, uh goal, Rafael de Silva, oh. uh, John O'Shea came on for him. Ferdinand Vidić, Evra, Ronaldo. Of course. Carrick no. and Fletcher in midfield. Fletcher came, Scholes came on for Fletcher. Nani oh, Everyone hated Nanny. Tevez yeah. came on for Nani Berbatov and Rooney. The uh, thing is, Spurs good he could have gone for anyone. <laughs> yeah, he was the be... second one I wrote down. <laughs> I'm like, what year Did he go to United? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I did uh, <laughs> Spurs line up. Gomez in goal. Corluka, uh, Woodgate. King. Woodgate? Yeah. No way. Asu Okoto. He was a fixture for a while. Yeah. Uh, Lennon, same. Palacios. Like anyone would have got Palacios. Uh, Jermaine Genis, Uh Modric. Uh, Bale came on for Modric. Uh, Keane. Robbie oh, Keane. Robbie Keane. Uh, Tom Huddleston came on for him. Uh, the HUD missile. Darren Bent. Oh, no he was so,
0: He was crap at Spurs, wasn't he? They bought him for loads of money and then yeah, he wore then 16 he million
2: he
1: cost. Yeah, Back in the day, where well, that was a lot of money. Yeah. That's it.
2: Oh, Pascal Chimbonda on the bench.
1: Oh, Remember him? Yeah. Wigan
2: fame. He was brilliant. Um,
0: well, so that means, Jeff, that's your first winning in about <laughs> a seven months 20, yeah. Good 20? one, Jeff.
2: Yeah. Well, there we go. You talked about needing to improve. You've improved.
0: Yeah. I feel like I just did you a favour. But maybe we should discuss the option I can't of believe you resor- resorted to discussions <laughs> of having an extra life. <laughs> um, has anything, anyone got anything before we go?
1: No, well, great to be back in the not shed. Yeah,
0: and we will be back next week. Oh, in another new shed, maybe. In a different shed yeah.
1: with football to talk about. Oh my god, football. How I've missed football. I almost am overwhelmed by the concept of watching football. I, I don't know how it's going to work. My brain's going to explode.
0: But uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week. Um, don't forget if you want to get in contact ask us questions or tell us we're wrong about something just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com bye everybody see ya